Welcome back to Pick Up the Phone. I'm Camelia, and today we have a caller on the line. Who are we speaking with? This is Zoe. And Zoe, who are you? How do I know you? I am Cam's roommate and friend (laughs) with a question mark. This is Camelia. Please pick up the phone. Yeah, guys, it's the long-awaited, long-requested guest, my roommate Zoe. Um, And Zoe, all the people have been asking, and by that I mean literally nobody has asked at all, um, what what am I like as a roommate? What's what's the real cam off hours? I feel like if I had to describe you as a roommate, I would tell a story, and it is just the fact that sometimes I come into the kitchen and you're just squatting on the kitchen floor. Why is that the one thing you want to tell people about me? I feel like it best describes you. Okay, well, you talk to yourself. And I know everyone talks to themselves, but Zoe talks to herself so loudly that I think she's, like, calling for me. Like, I'll hear, like, a loud, like, yell start to a conversation. And I'm like, what? And then you're just like, oh, no, that wasn't for you. I'm just keeping myself updated and entertained. Do you remember the first time we met? Yeah. We met up at a coffee shop. This was like mid-July, so it's really hot, and I had been hanging out with friends in D.C., and then I was going to come meet Zoe for the first time, and for some reason I couldn't find the metro stop. Like, I just couldn't, I don't know, like, I was walking in circles, and I've been to this metro station before, too, and I just, like, couldn't find it. Turns out it's under construction, and it's like... I don't know. You can only see it from one side, but I was just being really dumb and I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be late. So I was like, I guess I'll just walk. And then I walked 40 minutes across DC to meet Zoe. And by the time I made it to a coffee shop, I was like heavily dripping in sweat, like not casual. Like I was like, it was really gross. Um, And then Zoe was like, hi, it's like so nice to meet you, new roommate. Hug. And I was like, you... Like, nobody should touch me. Yeah, I breezily <laughs> showed up after having walked the one and a half blocks from our apartment to this coffee shop. Yes. I'm, like, crisp and clean and ready for a roommate introduction hug. <laughs> I was not doing well. And you were in your sexy Grinch pants. Oh, was I? Yeah. Zoe has these, like, fuzzy green yoga pants, which I call her sexy Grinch pants because... They're my outdoor sweats. Oh my god, we didn't even say that we were random roommates. Oh, we were random roommates. So this swamp meeting in the middle of summer was the first time we like ever saw each other's faces. Yeah, we met on a Facebook group. We won't tell you the whole story. Everyone asks us weirdly, like we're a couple. Like every time we show up somewhere, they're like, how did you guys meet? We are a couple. We're already talking about each other in the like group we. <laughs> no, I actually do that. I think the thing is when you're friends with your roommate, you just spend like borderline too much time together. So now when Zoe and I leave the house together, I feel like we're just weird. My other favorite thing about our roommate ship is the fact that we keep such different hours. Basically, from my perspective, I get up, you know, usually around seven. And then I, like, do my morning stuff. You know, I'll, like, leave the house, come back, um, make breakfast, shower, uh, start my day at work. 
and then I'm also like a big fidgeter like I just can't sit still so I'll like after I start work I'll like come back out and I'll make myself coffee or tea and then I'll go back down and then I'll come back up and I'll wash my plate from breakfast and then I'll go back to my room and then I'll come back out just to like bop around the kitchen because like I just can't stay at my desk for that long and I don't even hear Zoe crack a door until 2 p.m. Yeah. No, see, I my work from home schedule is my alarm goes off at 8.59 a.m. I roll over, bring my laptop into my bed with me, spend the next three hours wishing I wasn't awake yet, and then eventually, when I get hungry, emerge from my room at 1 to 2 p.m. But then after work, Night Zoe comes out, and she stays up until 2 a.m., but Night Zoe's not as productive as Morning Cam. Like, Night Zoe mainly watches TV, scrolls on her phone, and eats late night snacks. But what I like about it is that, like, Morning Cam and Night Zoe have never met each other. <laughs> like, like you have never met the person that I am pre-9am, and I've never seen you post, like, 11pm. <laughs> My favorite thing is it took me, like, three weeks to figure out that you get up so early and do things. Like, I think I caught you when you came back from a run one morning, and I was like, did you go on a run? And you were like, yeah, I run most mornings. And I was like, I didn't even know you got up. But yeah, we met through Facebook, and so we spent a lot of the first few weeks living together in, like, just long-ass conversations. Because I feel like the defining characteristic for both of us is just, like, talkative. Mm -hmm. Chatty. So we just kind of, like, would talk on and on for forever because we, like, didn't know anything about the other person. One thing we really bonded over was the fact that we both had, like, very obvious, like, gross, crusty faces in, like, middle school or high school. Very long, awkward period. Yeah, so long. Um, I like the way you describe it, which is that you had, like, two. Like, I didn't have an awkward phase, and then I came out of it. It was like, I was kind of cute as a child. And then I got, like, noticeably worse through middle school, and then somehow had, like, a brief upswing, and then went way down again. So there is there is a lot happening throughout puberty. What really gets me, though, is, like, looking at old pictures of straight hair Zoe, I feel like you're another person. I am. Like, I don't know why that would make such a difference, but I'm literally like, I don't know that girl. I do. Actually, people who know me from different phases of my life either know me as, like, straight hair or curly hair, and I think they think of me as completely different humans. Curly hair is weird because it's, like, a whole personality trait in a way that, like, maybe people with straight hair feel the same way. But I feel like everyone I know who has, like, wavy or curly hair is, like, like this is a core part of who they are. Is <laughs> like, their hair is, like, a separate entity that, like, is with them all the time. It is. Growing up, there was, like, always people that touched my hair. One of my favorites was when I was, like, probably in elementary school, a child, out with my mom. So I was just out shopping, and I can just feel someone, like, touching my hair, and I turned around, and it's, like, a fully adult, like, mother just, like, touching my hair out of nowhere. And she's like, I'm sorry, I just couldn't help myself. And I'm like, but what? But you can't? (laughs) Okay, (laughs) this is my one and only hair touch story, so I don't want to steal your thunder. But it is just so funny that it happened to me that I have to tell it. (laughs) So I was on the school bus in middle school. So I'm going to get off of the bus and I feel something from the back of my head. So I turn around and it's this girl that I don't know who's just like got her hands up in my hair. And I was like, can I help you? She was like, yeah, I just saw your hair and like I thought it looked so like soft and like so i really wanted to like come feel it um so i did and it's actually like not soft or silky at all it actually feels very oh rough. wow and i was like a- <laughs> what 
So you got like a drive-by, like random hair touch yeah, and insult. I know. I was like, I didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> In elementary school, me and my sister's hair was like a struggle, a noticeable struggle. I'm mixed race. I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. Um, my my mom's the white half and my dad's the black half. So yeah, no dads ever understand how to do hair. It was bad. My dad was a stay-at-home dad when I was growing up, and he had to take me to gymnastics and do put my hair up in a ponytail. And it was like a million moms and then him. And it took him so long to figure out how to just like tie my hair up. Oh, he was so proud when he got it though. Well, I guess my dad did get better with my hair. But my mom did my hair when I was in elementary school. And her answer to like, I don't know what to do with this frizzy mess was to like slick my hair up into like a giant unkempt puff at the top of my head. But she's tried to justify that recently <laughs> by sending me a picture of Blue Ivy, Beyonce's daughter, who also has a puff on the top of her head a lot of the time. And she sent me that and was like, see, same hairstyle. And I was like, our puffs are not not the same. Like, Blue Ivy's is, like, professionally done. Mine looked like I, like, rolled through, like, seven hurricanes in a windstorm to get to school <laughs> and didn't have a brush. But one of the moms of, like, a different student at my school just, like, saw my sister and I. And she was black and her her daughter was, like, half black, half Japanese. And so her mom literally, like, came up to us and was like, I can help you. Like, let me be your guide. And so we went over to her house and she taught us how to take care of our hair, which was how to straighten it. So the natural hair journey came later. So then when did you go from straight hair to natural curls? So I wore my hair straight all throughout high school and then obviously straightening my hair every single day and I dyed it. It wasn't, it wasn't. When did you dye your hair? I dyed it a lot in middle school, like just the bottom part of it though. Did you Kool-Aid dip dye? No, like full bleach dye. Oh, that was not. My hair's been through a lot. But by the end of high school, my hair was just so damaged it like wouldn't grow past like my shoulders while straight. So I decided for like the summer before college to like wear my hair natural so that it would grow. And then I just never stopped. So now here I am, which it ended up working out for the best. But originally it was just my hair so damaged. I need to try and let it live for a summer. Yeah. So hair is also something that I feel like we just rope all of our friends into talking about with us. Yeah. I love to hear about people's different hair routines because I'm pretty early on in mine. And I feel like for a lot of people who have, like, sort of more wavy curly hair, you don't even realize that your hair could look different. You just think that it's, like, ugly straight your whole life. Like, if you've ever described your hair as, like, it's just so messy. Poofy? Poofy, yeah. Frizzy. Anything. Like, I used to be like, oh my god, every day I wake up, my hair just looks like it's going in different directions. Yeah, if you're listening to this and this describes your hair, you have curly hair. Also, please DM us. We'll help you. So, I know we were talking about this, like, when I moved in and I was like, wow, Zoe's hair looks great. Like, she has a routine down pat. Like, how long did it take you to get to this point? And you were like, probably like six years. And I was like, Fuck! I have another, like, five years before my hair looks good. I was so slow on my journey. I go on this six-year curl journey that is a real struggle. And then my sister, at the beginning of COVID, when we were, like, home all day, was like, oh, what a perfect time to learn how to take care of my natural hair. 
So I guided her as the wonderful younger sister that I am. It took her like one month to get it down. Like one month. And her hair looks amazing. And while I'm happy for her, I need her to also go on a six-year journey of struggle. So what are some things that you have learned along the way in the six years of struggle that you think other people can use? Like even if they don't have the same hair type as you, just like stuff that has been really helpful. Oh, I've learned so many random things. So yeah, I learned everything I know about my curly hair, at least in the beginning, from the internet, which is a questionable source at best. But people on the internet with curly hair get like very detailed and how mm-hmm. they break it out. So there's the different hair types. You have your twos, which is what cam is. So like wavy hair or like the beginning of curls. Threes are coils or curls depending on your definition which my hair is around 3c and then cores are kinky i honestly never figured out what you're supposed to do once you figured out your curl type like i don't know what that correlates with or what you're supposed to get out of that see i think that curl type isn't as helpful i mean that is helpful to a degree like knowing if you're like a type two three or four but that only helps you so much because they're like um it's more like the details about your hair itself that help people a lot um so one that i've been learning more about recently is hair porosity yeah so if your hair is low porosity your hair is much more like naturally oily and it repels water so you might notice that when you're taking a shower even when you're like standing underneath the water your hair doesn't feel soaking wet but then also it takes a really long time for your hair to dry like way longer than it should because once your hair absorbs the water it's hard for it to get out and then the reverse is true for if you have higher porosity hair so if your hair is low porosity you need to focus on like adding moisture but then if your hair is higher porosity you might need to focus on like adding oils or like proteins or something else Mm, sirens um and this can really help you with the products themselves and i think that combination of things like knowing your hair porosity and then looking for someone who's whose curls kind of look like yours could help you really figure out which products to try because there are a million of them out there and you don't want to have to try a ton and spend a lot of money but that helped me a lot because i didn't know what porosity was until like the past month and i was like oh my god this makes so much sense because a lot of people say that again like if you grew up with curly hair but you brush it out it's like super huge and frizzy and my hair like was frizzy but it wasn't like a huge poof like you usually see and it turns out that if your hair is low porosity instead of like just being a huge frizz ball instead it goes kind of like straight and greasy but yeah because you and i have the same hair porosity but not the do same we? like type of curls yeah i don't know my hair porosity. you have low hair porosity okay. and so do i Cam knows my hair porosity <laughs> Oh, I also wanted to give, like, Curly Hair 101. Yeah. Which is, like, first of all, don't brush your hair. Yeah. Like, brush it wet. Or brush it wet. Get a wide-tooth comb. Yeah. Anytime you're doing anything with your hair, it needs to be wet. Like, yeah. do your hair should not be messed with while dry. It's also, like, not even damp. Like, wet, wet. Like, wet, wet. Like, I have a I have a fancy, like, spray bottle. And, and I have a less fancy spray bottle. <laughs> so anytime I'm, like, styling my hair, like, that shit is, like, sopping wet. Yeah, also I think start with less rather than more because like your routine can make a big difference, like just the way that you treat your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to throw in loads of products um, and also like start oh, with I less throw in products. Loads of pro- yeah, but you like figured out what to do. As you always say to me, the drying process is the most important part. Like after you get out of the shower. Don't touch it. Well, after you style it. I am bad at this part because i get out of the shower with curly hair and then it dries into like straightish hair how i managed to do that i really don't know 
I think that might be a uniquely me problem. But yeah, what you do after you get out of the shower, like the styling and then the letting it dry is the most important part. We won't go on and on forever about different routines, but we'll like link some stuff that people can use to get started. And And honestly, a good first step is just finding a like hairstylist or someone who's like specifically trained in curly hair and going to them. Mm Because I feel like the biggest times I actually made progress in my hair routine was when I asked an expert and not my own internet research, which was questionable at best. Um, And can you just real quick give us a pitch for curly bangs? Zoe has curly bangs and they're also a core... It's a core Zoe thing. I'm a big fan of curly bangs. No one knows what my forehead looks like, and I like to keep it that way. Um, no, I've never seen it. It's true. Um, I don't know. So I got curly bangs like four and a half years into my curl journey, and like literally when I got them was the time I figured out how to wear my hair all the way down and not just half up, half down, um, which might give you a sense of how slow my curl journey went. I love them. I feel like they're like fun little coils with my hair. Um, Any person with curly bangs I see in the street, I think of as my new best friend. Okay, I want to take it back. How do you describe your race? Because early on, you said you were mixed. Like, what is the way that you feel is the best way to like, introduce your race when you have to explain it? Yeah, I usually say mixed. I think that is like, the simplest way of saying it. Do you feel like that's just the thing that people understand what that is the most without you having to say more? Or like, because I feel like it's weird that we say mixed and mean somebody who's half black and half white as though like other people don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. In my head, mixed race includes like everyone. So like all different types of like. Right. But when you say you're mixed, you're not. So you're not then implying that you're half black and half white. You're just saying like, I am more than one race. Yeah. Yeah. And then I can follow it up with I'm half black, half white if needed. Every time somebody says biracial, all I can think of is logic. Oh, I forgot about biracial. I was trying to think of other terms for it. (laughs) I don't think I've ever called myself biracial. I don't know why, though. It feels weirdly formal. It does feel kind of formal. I used to say, like, every single time, like, specifically, I'm half black and half white, but that's a lot of words, and, like, I'm not, I'm not willing to say that many. Yeah, that's fair. Do people just take their guesses? Yeah, I get a lot of weird guesses sometimes. My favorite was Israeli once, which, like, that I've never fully understood. Or I get, like, Greek, North African, which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like when somebody is mixed race especially if they're half black and half white people definitely kind of shove them like towards a side Mm -hmm. although actually i won't even say especially if you're half black and half white i feel like in general pick a side sort of thing can you talk about like what your experience is with that yeah actually i feel like i've been on both sides which is kind of strange so i grew up in like a very white suburb there were not that many black people in my town do i remind you of home yes why we live well together (laughs) Um, but yeah, I grew up in a very white suburb. So like definitely like growing up, like I was just considered black. Like I think I definitely probably thought of myself more as black than white, but it was also strange because I didn't like encounter that many black people besides like my dad. Um, but yeah, so like growing up, I both like felt very black because I was clearly like different than all the white kids, but also like not very connected to my black side because there wasn't that many other like black people in my community. But then now um, my work, I work in West Africa. 
And so sometimes when I'm traveling to West Africa, I'm like 100% considered white. Like it does not even cross mm-hmm. people's mind most of the time that I could be black. So then I get like the other side of the coin where then I'm like, now I'm completely white. And so mm-hmm. depending on where I am, I can be either completely white, completely black or Israeli. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's interesting that it's so different for you when you're when you're working in West Africa, because in the US, I think for people specifically who are half black and half white, like white people see them as just black like i feel like you know if we were talking about someone we know like they would be like oh yeah like black women at our work including zoe but they would never be like the white ladies at our work including zoe (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah definitely like in america i'm definitely considered black more than i am considered white Okay, one of my favorite stories about being mixed is like the difference between my twin brother and Maya's experience with mixed race clubs in college. Can you explain what <laughs> what a mixed race club is? So a mixed race club is just a gathering for various mixed people. And it, at least mine, it could be like any type of mixed. It's not like a black and white thing. I went to a very small liberal arts college in California, and my brother went to UCLA, so like a huge public school in California. But I joined my like mixed ethnicity club. I only went to one meeting, so I'm not an expert on the club. But the one meeting I went to, I actually really enjoyed. We like sat and like talked about our identities and like people kind of like shared their different experiences about growing up mixed. And I thought it was a very cool conversation. I mean, kind of like what we were talking about here, like what it's like, how people Mm -hmm. perceive you. Um, It was interesting hearing about family dynamics because, like, my mom's side of the family, like, absolutely loves my dad. So there was, like, never, at least from what I know, like, never any tension between them for, like, being a mixed-race couple. But a lot of people were sharing stories about, like, families who are, like, honestly a little bit racist and, like, can be, like, rude to, like, the partner of a different race and the mixed kids. So that was interesting to hear about since it was, like, very different from my experience. But, yeah, so that's what that club was like, which I actually really enjoyed. And then my brother joined his mixed club. And so I like asked him about it, thinking like we had similar experiences. And his mixed club only like went bowling or like a social happy hour. Wait, that's so funny. <laughs> it was basically just like a club Make, to do activities with other, with other mixed kids. <laughs> and I was like, then what's the point of being mixed in it? And he was like, I, I don't know how many meetings he went to either. Neither of us are big that's joiners. Really so we were probably both like went to two meetings and called it a day. Yeah, I do think it's so interesting that they had you all talk about stuff, though, and that so many people were willing to share it because, like you said, it's really different. Well, obviously, everyone's experiences are different, but it's also different depending on, like, what two ethnicities or races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a lot more people of our generation who are, like, half black and half white. There are also people who are more, like, I guess, like, somebody who is, like, two ethnicities that most people are not both. And that's, like, its own thing because you don't have anybody else who has this experience either. And especially um, one of my friends was talking about how he not only is it, like, an uncommon pairing, but it's, like, if the two cultures are, like, really, really different in terms of, like, values or the way you're supposed Mm -hmm. to live, that can be really different and difficult for someone to balance, too. Because you're, like, it's one thing if you are, like, a product of multiple cultures and you can blend them easily but it's mm-hmm. a lot harder when you're trying to figure out how to grapple with two things that kind of <laughs> like have opposite ideals yeah that was another thing we talked about in this club that I hadn't necessarily thought about from my mm-hmm. perspective because like my parents they don't have a very strong cultural identity yeah so like I also like we we're saying there are a lot of people who are half black and half white in America and other places but so there's some sense of like 
I feel like culture within that as well. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'd say so. Like, I feel like I definitely like, especially when I meet other like half black, half white people feel like we have like a lot in common. Right. From that perspective. My parents never grew up with like, I don't know, my dad never did like black cultural things with me and my mom doing white cultural things with me. Like that wasn't a big aspect of like my experience, but there were like people talking about how like their cultural identities tied to their different races, like were like a big part of their life. And like, sometimes you get really close to like one side of your culture and like you don't right. really resonate with the other or like right. having two that you feel really strongly connected to or all again, of which is totally fine yeah like you can be in touch with your culture however you see fit and i kind of miss that club i feel like yeah i should have gone to more meetings i feel like that one meeting really made an impact <laughs> yeah maybe i went to two meetings i'm gonna give myself credit yeah and say i went to two also how do you feel about the fact that some people kind of are really into the idea of like people who are mixed like they think it's really cool that gets a little weird sometimes yeah i've even heard people say this to you yeah i know that does definitely happen sometimes where people are like oh you're so like exotic and mixed race or like people talking about how mixed race like babies are beautiful like that yes. gets a little weird I've, like why is that a common thing to say i don't know and i think it's the same because i i think there's even a lot of like like the fact that people say like wajin or blasian <laughs> like there's just a lot of gross like i i feel like it's weird to get more excited about someone who's like two races especially because like not everyone might be mixed race but a, a lot of people are more than one culture mm-hmm. like i'm just the weird exception because i'm just italian like my parents look like they could be siblings but most people don't have that like most people are like italian and french or german and japanese so i feel like it's weird that people who don't look like what you're expecting somebody of a certain race to look like get this weird reaction because it's like you're getting called exotic by somebody who is like you know finnish and swedish and like that's not the same thing so do you think mixed babies are better looking no i was a really weird looking baby i mean i was also premature like i was not a cute baby even my mom tells me that like my family doesn't hold back they're like yeah you were i have a twin brother me and my brother were weird looking babies like i think we looked like aliens for like quite a while not all mixed babies are cute hashtag not all mixed babies (laughs) I feel like this is a good time to tell one of my favorite stories, which is when I like went to a bar once and my hair was completely up. So you couldn't see that I have like curly hair, which I feel like usually helps me look like a little bit more like a person of color. But I had my hair like pulled back into a bun and I was at a bar and the bartender who was black, like looks at my ID, which was taken when I was 16 and very tan because it was August. And he, like, looks at my ID and then looks at me and then looks at my ID and looks at me and does this, like, a couple more times. And I was like, what is wrong with my ID? Then he looked at me and he's like, I'm sorry. It's just your ID looks a little black. So I got confused. (laughs) It gets me every time. And I was like, I am a little black. Like, let me live. Did I look, like, complete? Like, you were confused about it? So... I love telling The wording is so funny, though. He just sounded so confused. He was like, are you a little black? And you were like, that's actually (laughs) how I identify. I feel like someone who's 23 and me results are like 5% from the African continent. Now I want to switch to something that I can quite honestly say you're an expert in. (laughs) I don't know. What's that? It would be anime. Mm, say it with pride. It is It is anime. I'm telling you guys, anime is the shit. I think everyone should get into anime. 
Okay, why? I'm so I will self proclaim I'm I've never watched any anime. I'm not anti anime, but I just have no interest in it. So please sell me anime. Okay. Well, I can tell my journey of getting into anime is kind of... I mean, I've always been, like, my favorite genres are, like, fantasy and science fiction. I like the world building are, like, very creative premises that are different than daily life. And anime has so many, like, wild, crazy storylines that are, like, nothing you could have ever thought of. Um, So I think I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of anime because there's just so many like different types of stories that I can't even begin to imagine how someone like thought of it. I feel like people always think of anime as like kind of childish. It's either like this is like a cartoon or this is like creepy porn, (laughs) one or the other. But the thing about anime is like a lot of it, there's like a lot of different genres like within anime and a lot of them are like very adult themes. Like there's a lot of gory or scary or like intense animes that are definitely not for children. But I feel like people like especially from the West who associate like that medium with cartoons um, don't think of them as for adults. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a good point. I feel like I definitely learned that more through like you and some of our other friends who watch anime because I also didn't. Well, not that I didn't realize, but yeah, I don't know. People act really weird about it, but it's like, it's just a TV show. (laughs) Like, it's just like the TV shows you watch, but in a different graphic style. Yeah. And I mean, I like mainly watch anime. So I think at this point, I've also gotten too used to watching like things in that medium. What are some shows that you would recommend to somebody who is trying to get into anime? Okay, trying to get into anime... I feel like I always pick the, like, popular newer ones. So, like, Demon Slayer has been very popular recently. Um, So Demon Slayer is a very good intro anime, I would say. Um, It's got, like, a very pure main character who's, like, a young boy whose entire family is killed with demons. And then he goes on, like, a journey to become a Demon Slayer and, like, end demons entirely. And again, that one's one where it is kind of adult and dark, like a lot of people die, it can get kind of gory at times, but I think it has a pretty good story and the animation can be very beautiful. Um, so it's a good, a good one for people who don't know anything about the medium. My absolute favorite anime, which is definitely not what I would recommend people start with, is uh, One Piece, because um, it's like over a thousand episodes long at this point. Oh my god. Um, it's quite long. See, and like, I could never, if I started now, I would never catch up. I would die before I caught up. You could definitely catch up. I would still be watching it in the nursing home. I'm scared to admit this, but I have watched One Piece more than one time, and I started it in like 2019, so it has not been that much time. All five people who listen are appalled at you right now. <laughs> I, I've watched some of it three times. I have a real problem. Um, but no, One Piece is like the coolest story I've ever seen. It's very long. It's very complicated. Um, and the whole premise is kind of wild. The main character's superpower is that he's like stretchy. Like his body. Wait, he's like he's, he's like Elastigirl. Yeah, yeah, actually, kind of. So his like, cause you, God, I'm gonna get deeper into this. So in One Piece, you get powers through these things called devil fruits, and so he eats the gum gum fruit, which makes him made of gum or rubber, and so now his body is rubber like, which is very very funny. There even like it gets really detailed. Like there's three kinds of devil fruits and like subcategories within. Them. Um, not everyone has one so there's also like powerful people in other ways i think uh oda who's the creator is like very it's like a very well thought out and organized like Mm -hmm. world building it's also part of why i like it because the world building is amazing yeah i mean if it's that immersive it's like it doesn't matter how long you could watch other tv shows but it's like if you have one really good one why not just keep watching it 
So I have this theory that all men are secretly anime fans. You know, a lot of them are. And maybe that's the men I'm meeting, but yeah, I've no, met same. a lot of anime fans. I, I'm so convinced that anime is like the one thing that like supersedes all male like stereotypes or like archetypes because I have met so many different dudes with like so many different vibes, interests, like places where they're from and like they'll just pull out like so uh do you watch anime? And I'm like, you watch anime? Like, what? They all do. I mean, I think part of it is, like, if you like action or, like, cool fighting scenes, like, you cannot get better than anime for having, like, cool action and fighting scenes. Like, I don't think real people TV can, like, come even close than what Real anime- people TV. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes call it real people TV. Um, can come even close to, like, what's an anime. You've reached the voicemail of Camellia. Please hang up and dial again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pick Up the Phone. Our show would not be possible without the support of our amazing team. Our executive producer is Camelia Pastor. Our audio editor is Camelia Pastor. Our graphic designer is Camelia Pastor. Our marketing team, Camelia and Pastor. Sales and analytics, Camelia Pastor. And of course, this season's intern is Camelia Pastor. <laughs>